Dateline, 7th of December, 2015. And welcome back, Steve. Oh, thanks, buddy. And welcome, folks, to the Australia Desk for this week's episode number 380. And yes, Grant, uh, back after flying uh, flying in from uh, Fiji on Virgin Flight 184 last night. Grant, a, uh, a rejected takeoff free flight this time. I'm pleased to... <laughs> well, actually, I'm not really pleased because it was quite exciting on the way over there, I must say. But, uh, <laughs> well, I understand you got the same aircraft, uh, Yankee India Yankee, wasn't it? It was Yankee India Yankee, yes. Um, and, you know, Virgin, uh, name all their aircraft, of course, and this one's called Stanwell Park. I'm not sure what that really refers to. I'm probably Stanwell Park somewhere, I suppose. I wouldn't even know where that is, Greg. But anyway, it's not here (laughs) anywhere near PCDU World Headquarters. That's all I know. Well, there you go, mate. So it can't be that interesting if it's not near you. But uh, I understand that uh, the flight was a little better this time because the in-flight entertainment was working for you. Yeah, it was, which was just as well, Grant, because, um, you know, I discovered something. I was actually quite excited when they put me relatively close to the front, even though we there was eight of us in the group, so, you know, we didn't sit at the pointy end where you and Kit normally sit, but they put me in seat 9 Alpha, and I thought, well, that's pretty close to the front, sort of up near the, you know, in front of the engine. It'll be a great view. I'll enjoy that. It'll be a you know, window seat and all the rest. Well, guess what? In that you- particular configuration... <laughs> That's where the plug is. There's no window in seat 9 Alpha. <laughs> oh, no. And if you look across the aisle to seat 10 Foxtrot, well, there's, there's no window there either. So, you know, there's something for seat guru. I should have checked it before I got on, Grant. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good flight. And uh, I really want to give a shout out to the crew too because uh, my lovely daughter, Rachel, is um, considering a career as a flight attendant, which makes me, you know, very, very proud and very, very happy to think of. And, um, you know, there are a few <laughs> airlines here that are uh, beginning to do some recruiting for that. And I may or may not have worded up the, uh, the flight attendant's <laughs> about this and they, they were good enough to come down and they um, had a great chat to her and took her down to the galley and showed her around and gave her some tips so uh, a big shout out to the uh, crew there on Virgin Flight 184 coming across last night really great stuff now Grant before we go on I, I've got to give a, a trip report too about Nandy International Airport <laughs> are you ready? Worst Avgeek Airport ever oh, I don't know I got some reasonably good views from the um the Air Pacific Lounge, or as it is now, Fiji Air Lounge. Well, we were up in the uh, the general domestic sort of waiting area there after we'd gone through customs and the barrage of duty-free stop shops, but unfortunately at the moment, or at least unfortunately for me, who likes to look out the windows at the aeroplanes, well, you can't because they're doing construction at the moment and they've got hoardings all across the windows and you can't see a thing. Yeah, they were doing that when we were there as well and they'll be, probably be doing that again for another 6 to 12 months because yes. everything's happening on Fiji time. Everything's on <laughs> Fiji time. A beautiful country though and uh, it's a second time I've been there and um, I'm sure we'll be going back. It's a really, really lovely place and really lovely people. Now, Grant, uh, talking about the uh, the people at Virgin, uh, you know, flying, uh, you know, for relatively, you know, well, medium haul flights, I guess, uh, you know, across the Pacific, five hours to Melbourne, six hours to Melbourne. Well, that's nothing. Air New Zealand can top that. They've been doing some really long haul flights lately and setting some records along the way. They certainly have, mate. And in fact, uh, that five hour flight that you are on, that's, uh, they, they can go longer than that in one engine now officially on their uh, seven, uh, sorry, on their triple sevens. Was I going to say seven, eight, seven? No, silly me. They were doing it on their triple seven, two hundreds and they're going from Auckland to Buenos Aires. Uh, non-stop and they've got permission for I believe they're the first airline in the world to get it to do ETOPS 330 which means that they can be what five and a half hours away from the nearest airport and uh, at one one engine speeds which is pretty scary when you think about it yeah, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's really only scary if one of the engines stops, I suppose, Grant. Well, that's what they're counting on, that very, very uh, high reliability rate of uh, 
you know, most uh, most triple sevens these days. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what they uh, get with that. Uh, they've started doing it, which is a good thing, and it's all part of this plan that they've got to turn Auckland into a hub. So if Wow Air are turning uh, the uh, Iceland into a northern hub, well, uh, New Zealand's trying to do the same thing with Auckland in the south, and they're trying to rather than be seen as a dead end, as uh, Qantas keeps talking about. You know, we're at the end of everything here in Australia. They're actually making it into a uh, bit of a hub. And Buenos Aires is a great location for them because there's many people in Australia who want to get to Buenos Aires. And if you're not in Sydney at the moment, it's a three or four stop flight to get there because you've got to get to Sydney, then get on the, the plane in Sydney, which then flies to Chile and then goes to uh, Buenos Aires. Whereas now with uh, Air New Zealand, most major cities in Australia go direct to Auckland. And so you can fly into Auckland and then get on another plane and voila, you're in Buenos Aires. So lots going on and uh, good on you, Air New Zealand. It'll be uh, very interesting to see how that one develops. And uh, good to see they're taking a uh, positive spin and working towards higher things. But, you know, something that uh, just recently happened in in, um, New Zealand, rather, is that uh, Jetstar just started what everyone's calling Propstar, which is the uh, Jetstar flights with uh, the de Havilland Dash 8 Q300s. That's just started. We'll see how that one goes, The which is linked into Jetstar back here in Australia, being probed by the ATSB. Ooh, a probing. <laughs> Nothing like an ATSB probing to make you stand up and pay attention, Grant. And it uh, looks like they're looking at uh, some loading issues with some uh, A320 flights, um, particularly one that uh, was heading off to Perth recently, late October, in fact. And another one uh, operating between Brisbane and Melbourne that uh, they're saying was uh, loaded incorrectly and uh, perhaps not an RCG problem, Grant, which is probably something you'd, you'd more expect with incorrect loading. But in this case, it was loaded too far forward. That's that's odd. Yeah, well, too I many think passengers it's up the front? Well, too many passengers up the front. Well, maybe it was too many Steve Vicious up the front, Grant, but I don't, you know, <laughs> I am a big guy, but, you know, I, I don't fly Jetstar all that often. <laughs> Well, in this case, the Airbus A321 flight apparently needed uh, almost full backstick on the controls to uh, raise it uh, as it was taking off. So definitely a forward uh, forward center of gravity issue. And uh, so that was reported once they got to the other end. And uh, then the other one was, as you said, Brisbane to Melbourne. They apparently took on 16 more passengers than they should have and made it almost one and a half tons heavier than the weight uh, that was used to calculate the takeoff and landing data. So basically some loading problems, some weight problems, and uh, they all were, of course, reported to the ATSB after the flights when it was discovered. And uh, the, apparently Jetstar have taken uh, taken measures to uh, confirm that all their flights are being loaded correctly and weight and balance is properly accounted for. And they've not had any, any additional issues like this since they introduced the new measures, apparently. And that's, I mean, that's the main thing. And that's, you know, I mean, we can all make mistakes. Of the, you know, you don't want to be making mistakes of this of this magnitude uh, when, you, when you're dealing with uh, loading of an aircraft, of course. So it's good to see that they've recognised that there's a problem. They've reported it as they're required to do. And, um, you know, they're taking steps to rectify it. So um, it'll be interesting to see what the ATSB think of that. But I guess well, I must- uh, that's, that's the way, if there's going to be an error, I mean, that's the way the system is designed to uh, to counter it, isn't it? Is to identify it, see what the root causes were, and you know change things to make sure it doesn't happen again. Correct. It's just very interesting that this is happening on such a, an established airline, such as Jetstar. That's not exactly a new one, been around for quite a while, and uh, here it is having start classic startup issues. You know, stuffing up the weight and balance. So you, you know whether there's uh, some expansion went on and a couple of procedures were missed, or a new system has been put in place and glitching out on doing the calculations, not sure. Uh, Yeah, we'll wait and see what comes down the pike from the ATSB, I guess. 
But uh, someone I don't think it's going to happen to are the uh, folks flying these little drones out in Western Australia. Yes, just a quick story, Grant, uh, because uh, time is running short. But, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, we're going to have a drone airline starting up. In fact, well, we already have, and it's being run by a former Qantas pilot. And, uh, you know, it's it's interesting, Grant, when uh, people are looking around, we talk about Air New Zealand looking to diversify the way they operate. And uh, here's somebody that's uh, trying to do exactly the same thing when perhaps, as we talked about last week, the mining boom over in the West, you know, easing off and perhaps not so many pilots, uh, you know, able to find work. Well, you know, here's another way of looking at it. And this guy's gone into remotely piloted aircraft. And you know what, Grant, I think he's going to be rather successful at it. I think you could be right there. He's uh, He's gone into it from the commercial perspective. Uh, he is a, a commercial airline pilot and uh, he's wound up going off there doing the uh, work with uh, unmanned aerial systems after seeing some of the benefits that uh, can be had from putting cameras into areas like he watched a a small drone uh, showing the damage inside Christchurch Cathedral after the earthquake. Now he's out there, he's put this team together. Uh, They've got some ex-military, ex-commercial, current commercial pilots, um, some operational and safety managers from the mines, and they're actually running this drone operation like an airline. It's not actually a drone airline. It's not like a drone's going to pick you up and carry you somewhere, but they're running it as if it was an airline operation with chief pilots and all the uh, procedures, interviewing just like you're going for an interview at an airline to be a pilot for them, um, internal training, all the processes that a full airline would have, they're setting up for what they're doing. So imagine an aerial work or a charter operation, that's how they're running it. So as if it was flying the real things, but they're actually just with drones. And uh, yeah, they seem to have their heads screwed on pretty well and they've got quite a bit of uh, work Apparently, I think they've, they said they've got six contracts working on at the moment. Chris Leslie's the operator here who's uh, set this up. The company's called Airscope Industries, Grant. And, you know, as he's saying here in this article that you can read, we'll put a link in the show notes. It's in the Australian.com.au. Well, they're looking at things like uh, power pole inspections. And, uh, you know, for example, uh, you know, he's saying here that there's uh, 9.5 million power poles in Australia and we want to inspect <laughs> every one of them. Well, <laughs> you know, maybe that's something that they can cover on the UAV Digest at some point in the future. Yeah, it could very well be. You know, if they're really nice to us, Grant, we might even get them a contact point. Oof. Oh, well, I'm, I'm sure they'd be nice for that. Well, Grant, they're not going to be nice to us if we hang around one second longer. So we better finish it here. Until next week, I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran. Cheers, folks. I tell you what, Grant, uh, all this recording is making me tired. I think I need a holiday. Oh, maybe you need a holiday from your holiday.